it, it was crazy seeing the footage after though and seeing like seeing things that happened so fast just and watching it back so slowly and seeing like the emotion come out of that is it's pretty surreal and and I think Shawnee's job is almost you know as important if not more important than mine because these are things that you know I put my my life into and you don't you you see very little of that you know saved and and preserved and and sh and shown to the world and I think it's very special to have that and to, to be able to share that with people win or lose um like yes I was I was upset but um I was still happy like I mean a lot of people were telling me that that, that was the best fight of the night it's such beautiful violence yeah. and like that's one thing especially being able to shoot Muay Thai in slow motion because either as a spectator like you, you miss things when you watch like when I'm shooting stuff like I miss things and even if I'm ringside I'll still miss stuff because it ha all happens so quickly and it's not until watching something back like oh fuck that's how that happened all right welcome to the flats a couple of great guests in today Thank you for popping in, guys. Thank you. Got, Thanks uh, for having us. Gabrielle from uh, Moyu, and uh, just off the back of a big fight, and uh, we got Sean in the house as well, who uh, produced and shot uh, a lot of the content that came out of that fight, which was really cool to see. Really great series, and. Uh, keen to kind of chat to you guys about that and what else is going on but yeah thank you for joining us in the flats thanks for having us thank you awesome and so yeah how did that project come about uh i know you've been fighting for a little while but this was the first one where uh you did the series and for those at home i'll link it in the uh, description but it's really good worth a watch goes deep in behind the scenes of kind of the lead up to that fight. How did that project come about? Yeah, I, I think we just spoke about it one time. I've done a similar, probably less extensive series of videos with a few fighters at the gym. Um, and Gab and I were just talking one time about considering she had a fight coming up and she also has quite a large um, Instagram following. I was like, why don't we make kind of an episodic thing leading into the fight just with whatever happens, we'll just shoot it really high quality because there's not really anyone in Muay Thai doing that. A lot of boxes, a lot of, yeah, you see it a lot of in boxing and MMA, but not really in Muay Thai. Yeah. So I thought it was a good combination of like, Gab and I would be able to have creative freedom on just doing it. Um, so it wouldn't be from that like marketing the gym perspective, which isn't necessarily a problem, but it was like, let's focus on Gab and the fight. Um, and then we can just kind of leverage Gab's Instagram following and start growing the YouTube channel. Um, yeah. And it, I think it worked pretty well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think we were definitely going for more of like a storytelling um, series of videos rather than just um, like a casual day in the life. I think that that definitely was an aspect of it, but you could definitely see um, like the fight camp kind of progress throughout the videos like you can see me kind of lose weight slowly um you can see me get tired a little bit or you can see me get excited like it really does tell the story of a Muay Thai fight which 
is very different to other combat sports still has a lot of similarities but um it's deeply deeply rooted in like um thai culture and i feel like that isn't really shown very mm. much um especially on this kind of quality scale so it was really cool to um be able to share this part of my life personally but also the sport that you know so many people love but not many people know about yeah i think you did a really great job of, of showing that and the the um how was it kind of um opening that up to the world like behind the scenes because it's raw it doesn't uh sugarcoat anything the series and um yeah how was that to to kind of let the cameras into those moments Mm, it was it was very scary at first actually i remember um, when we shot the first vlog, I was pretty nervous. I didn't really know what to say. You could definitely tell, like, I didn't actually talk much in the first vlog. But as as we want, went on, I got a bit more comfortable talking to the camera. Um, I'd say the most vulnerable part was definitely the, the actual fight and the moments after the fight. Just letting people see you very vulnerable, like, emotionally and physically but I think that's a big part of the sport is that it is very hard. You know, Muay Thai is extremely hard and it's something that should be very well respected. And I feel like it's you know, a lot of people think that they can do it. And like, and yes, and I, I encourage people to do it, but I, I want to show people that we put literally our every day, every second of our day into the sport. And I really wanted to share that even if it was even if it meant that, like, I had to show pretty vulnerable parts of, like, my life, my everyday life. So, yeah, it was cool. And um, spoiler alert for those who want to watch it, but the the fight, you lost the fight in a close uh, battle and it was a close fight and the, the, the day you were actually awarded the f- fight of the night yeah and it was a pretty epic fight and how was that um both of you like sean i know as a as a shooter it must have been hard to cover that uh when you'd worked hard to uh come up uh and produce this and then it's like you got to stick a camera i think um yeah it's definitely it depends on the expectation that you have for the video series, right? Like I knew like from the day dot, I've, I've shot enough fights with upsets, with losses, with um, close decisions and things that should have gone a different way retrospectively. But like going into the video series, like it is all just like whatever happens, happens. And it would be disingenuous to not make a video about losing the fight if we did a three or four part lead up to the fight and just didn't get the result that we wanted. Um, I mean, I think credit to, uh, to Gab and to Shook and PTJ Jim from Sydney, like you, you were the only girls on the card mm. put on a complete barnstorm. Like it was absolutely wild. And I'm never going to complain about shooting a, um, an exciting fight, even like win or loss. Um, yeah, it is, it is obviously hard seeing a friend like, seeing that happen, right? Like that's always, like I, I get these, we, we spoke on the way in, right? Like what's, what's news and we were talking about Gab's, like 
uh, the fights that Gab has kind of on the horizon and what her, her plan was. And Nick very cheekily said to me, like, oh, like, when's your next fight? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm too chunky for that. But I definitely live vicariously through the videos that I make, right? Um, and, yeah, just being able to kind of to experience or to share with people the experience of, you know, going backstage and getting stitched up. Like, that's something that you don't see very often. That's not something that many people are willing to share because, like, yeah, it is, it is brutal, but it is Muay Thai. Um, and you don't get to have the the good bits without the hard bits and everything is a risk. Um, and again, like I'm, I'm never going to complain about being able to shoot such an exciting fight. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, <laughs> love that one. Yeah. yeah that um, is a pretty powerful scene. Yeah. In the, in the series, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, um, just to kind of, just to close that out as well, Gab and I have known each other for years, like since both of us, Mm. Since before either of us did Muay Thai, mm. since before the gym that we train at opened. So this going back probably 2016, 2017. Yeah. Um, and so like we're obviously like good friends and we have been friends for quite a long time. And a lot of the fights that I film that I cover with people that I consider to be very close friends. Um, and so there well, is... You're, an, you're almost part of the team. Mm. Yeah. There, there is too. an intimacy yeah. that's shared between like, like me being... A, an integral team member, essentially, like both in the context of the gym and then working specifically with fighters. Um, and that kind of allows me to um, fit in very seamlessly and get a lot of candid things where if there was just kind of a, a media guy or like a production team that was more faceless and wasn't uh, as close to the team, the fight team and the fighter, then um, it would be a lot harder to get the type of content that I get. Um, yeah. Yeah, it really shows... Uh, with the access that you get and um, how it came together. And really well uh, edited too, man. Like Thank it's, you. It's really powerful stuff like that fight. And I don't know how – was it one camera in the in the ring? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so I shot all of it with one camera and one lens. Yeah. Um, and then some of the tight angle stuff. There's literally like I, I was shooting in 4K and my camera has like a crop version. So if I wanted to shoot a bit tighter and usually I'd the slow motion stuff is tight. So I'd punch into the, the crop of the sensor and shoot in slow motion. And so you would get that kind of tighter, like closer view and the slow motion. And then I'd switch back out into the full frame of the camera. So it's kind of like shooting with two cameras, but it's not because you just... Um, you don't have time, like you don't have time to shoot, to change anything really, or mm. like to change lenses or even switching camera bodies. Like I have, I, I think I will in future, like I didn't have access to a second camera body, but then there's the logistics of manning two bodies simultaneously when the, the fights are two or three, three minutes, threes. three threes. Yeah. So there's nine minutes of content, like of, of action there. Mm. Plus you get one or two minutes in between rounds. Mm. So it's like you're, the whole thing is over in 15 minutes mm. and you can't spend time changing settings or sw swapping um, lenses or anything like that because you just miss things. Mm. Mm. And you, you clearly uh, weren't happy with the result and it was a, how, how about you at that moment when now you have to do stuff in front of the camera when you least w probably want to? Mm, that was, uh, to be honest, I didn't actually think about the camera so much after the fight. Um, there's, a, there's a whole big 
physical sensation that happens um, after a fight, a bit of like an adrenaline dump, um, especially if you're a bit like um, injured, which I was. So I, I was cut twice um, and I had a big bit of a hematoma on my cheek as well. Um, so I wasn't really thinking about the camera at all. To be honest, I didn't really think about the camera even before the fight. I was just kind of getting ready for my fight. Um, I'm kind of used to having like phones and stuff on me and, and Sean's just a friend. So it's not like there was a, a random person I didn't know that had a camera on me. So it felt very natural. Um, but it, it was crazy seeing the footage after though and seeing like seeing things that happen so fast just and watching it back so slowly and seeing like the emotion come out of that is it's pretty surreal and and I think Shawnee's job is almost you know as important if not more important than mine because these are things that you know I put my my life into and you don't you you see very little of that you know saved and and preserved and and sh- and shown to the world and I think it's very special to have that and to to be able to share that with people win or lose um like yes I was I was upset but um I was still happy like I mean a lot of people were telling me that 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 was the best fight of the night which is feels amazing especially since one we were only like three fights in we were the third fight of the night and people were already raving about it which is awesome and plus we were the only female fight on the card and plus we're like 247 kilo girls like I think we fought at 48, but still it's like, it's pretty impressive to get that from, you know, from women that, you know, weigh the same amount as kids, <laughs> some kids out there. So, um, yeah, I felt very, very proud and still stoked to put on a performance, um, win or lose. And that's the reality of the sport because there is literally a 50-50 chance of you winning when you get in there. But, you know, it's the fights that people remember, mm. you know, the pe- like the fighters that, people remember that are important and I feel like I really did that in there and I'm stoked to be able to have footage of that yeah was there sort of stuff that you said you you kind of don't remember and then you've you've you're like I didn't even know I did that or like I I totally forgot that that happened yeah to be honest it happens a lot probably in every fight I'm like oh I don't remember I did that and then um you you see it played back um and it was cool to see that in like such high quality um so things like my like long guarding I long guarded really um I felt fairly well in that fight which was cool um I also just didn't realize like how much she was rushing forward at me and like how much I had to move and it just really put it into perspective like how I felt in there yeah Mm -hmm. so when you fight, like most of it goes by like quite like a blur. It was a fast fight too. Like it was three threes and it was like she was fast paced from the start. So um, it was cool to watch it back and just see everything happen in slow-mo. Yeah, you even watch like the very first, like the start of the very, very first round. I don't think she touches gloves. No, she didn't either. touch gloves. Like the ref starts the fight and she just charged straight ahead yeah. and was unrelenting for basically the whole yeah, fight, yeah, which was, yeah, um, yeah like – Intense. Yeah. It was very intense. And yeah. just push that pace. Because sometimes, mm-hmm. like, there are, there are some fights where 
the it kind of ramps up a little bit, like the first minute or minute and a half or the first round in longer fights, will um the fighters will kind of like feel each other out and kind of get their range and get their distance. Whereas this, because because it is a three minute fight as well, right? Like you, if you don't win the first round, you have to win the second and the third round, mm. or else you're not going to win the fight. Yeah. And so that's different to five round fights where you have that little bit, bit more leeway to like give yeah. up a round to kind of figure out what you're doing. Yeah. But yeah, that's just like. Yeah, and and I think the other thing, like uh, full credit to to Shook and to Andy from PTJ, like that they knew your style, and she did a very good job of negating that. Mm. Um, yeah, it was it was good to watch. Still, yeah. like it, it's not like it was a like uh, it's not like it was a one sided fight mm. at all. Right, it was just like you didn't quite you weren't able to do the damage that you wanted to do and she was very durable and just didn't stop moving forwards mm. but yeah you still moved really well you still you could have been a lot more hurt than you were mm. like yeah that's i'm really chuffed oh. with that clip of the long guard yeah as the elbow comes in yeah, so the yeah, long guard yeah. is like it's like uh straight arm and then it's the like glove a, in front of yeah, the face yeah. and it's like quite a good defensive position because it covers you from a lot of angles um, and yeah, there's like that one clip where she goes down for like a really big elbow and Gab just like rolls yeah. the glove in front of the face. And a lot of people, um, even Is in the comments the, on the YouTube. Um, for real? Yeah. Yeah. For real. Yeah. It was like you were training, you, you were practicing it. Was that the Maybe. one I saw? Yeah, oh no, sure. that was a bit, that was, a, that was the hook. Oh, oh yeah. The <laughs> hook. But um, yeah, I think for me personally, I'm, I'm nowadays I'm finding myself, I'm usually smaller than the girls that I fight. Um, so my defense has to be like a, a bit more on point than usual because I can't just take damage like other people can. Um, so yeah, it was just really cool to see that kind of payoff, but also see the things that I need to work on to, um, to have footage of, of all of that is, is awesome. And, and also just to show people that like, you know, you go hard. Yeah. People go, well, people get hurt and that's the, that's the reality of the sport. It's not like this amazing, I mean, it is amazing. Sorry, don't get me wrong, but it's not like amazing 24 seven. Like I was, I had stitches in for a week and like. I Your eye was bloodshot for like a month. My eye was bloodshot for like, <laughs> yeah, four <laughs> weeks and it's only kind of just gone and um, you know, like blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. Yes, exactly yeah. that. Yeah, exactly that. So, um, I'm really happy that I get to, to show this and, you know, re show like just how hard and how much quality and time Muay Thai, you know, demands. I love the, uh, the right at the end that you're looking in the mirror and you like shout out the, uh, the lashes. Yeah, like, my eyelash girl. While you, well, you've just got stitches in the. Uh, the lashes still eyelash. looked great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they yeah. they held up. Yeah. Held up. Yeah. yeah. Funny. She's funny. <laughs> and um, so you mentioned uh, that it is uh, harder to to fight at your weight, and you're looking at going or to find opponents at your weight, mm. um, and you're looking at going. Over to Thailand. Yes. For yeah. the next one, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah. So um, there aren't many girls in the division in the country in general. There aren't many girls or as many girls fighting as, you know, as guys, obviously. So um, it's just generally hard to find people my weight. And the more experience you get, the harder it is too, because people either have to step up or you have to step up. 
and I found my last three fights I've stepped up like quite a bit in in experience um and in weight as well so I I would really love the opportunity to just like fight someone a bit a bit closer to my weight like um because usually I don't have to cut very much so um I don't cut really at all so yeah for for a bit of context like Gab walks around at like 48 49 kilos and fights at 47 or 48 kilos so there are some girls that can walk around at 52 or 53 kilos and still make 48 so when you think about that in the context of like just the percentage or the size of the people that Gab can fight or is fighting sorry um they might they'll make weight at 48 kilos but then they'll step into the ring 24 hours later Mm -hmm. at 52 or 53 kilos and so like that's something that you see more at the higher levels where you know a guy will make weight at 70 kilos but fight at like 77 or 78 kilos and that's like the equivalent kind of size difference that gab is dealing with um and so it would be would be real nice if there were more people gab size but there isn't so we just kind of have to go and search for them yeah but it also it's like made me a tougher fighter too for sure so um the 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 training shot where you're with your uh partner at the gym is it san san the big one Yeah. yeah Yeah, so he's. I have a, a couple coaches at the gym. So I have my head coach Kieran, who um, owns More You, and then we've got um, two trainers from Thailand. One called San. So he would have been in my first vlog. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> Me ordering that's very. Yep. He is a hundred and thirty kilos. Yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah, and big I, son. I am like forty nine. So, yeah, but he is so lovely. He's got such a like. He's got such a big like Muay Thai brain. It's so great to have him at the gym. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so it's, it's, it is very good to, like, train with him because he's, like, immovable. Yeah, you got to hit him really hard and he still doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, so he makes me a lot stronger. Yeah. <laughs> and how did you get into fighting? San? Uh, no, you. Me. Yeah, oh. or both of you. Um... Is that where you met fighting? Yeah, no, we you? actually met yeah, at so More You. Did we meet at yeah, More You? Yeah, so, yeah. You, but you were working at High Road and I was working at Cupping Room yeah, at the time. So yeah. we still we kind of worked for the same company, but we met at More You. There yeah. you go. That's new. Yeah, yeah. I just thought we knew through Honor first. No, but I don't think so. Yeah, interesting. Um, just for for reference as well, I don't fight. I just train. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's again like like we're talking about, right? There's there's a certain excuse me, sorry. There's a certain level of commitment. Um, that, that you need. And I think my, uh, my priorities are elsewhere. Yeah. It would be, you know, maybe in a different timeline, like I'd, I'd be doing that. Cause like I started training Muay Thai and it, I'm full addicted to it, like yeah. everything about it. But yeah, I think my heart lies elsewhere. Um, and, but yeah, it's still, it's still just the best. Like I like training to quite a high level. Um, not at the moment, I'm a bit chunky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what was, what was actually your, why did you start fighting as opposed to just I, um, training? I just finished year 12 and I was just looking for a hobby and I had finally just got a car and I, I'd always wanted to do something like this. And I, growing up, I would always ask my parents, but I came from a pretty traditional um, background. So both um, my parents are Filipino and they're Catholic and they never really – not that they disapproved, but they never really like wanted me to do anything like this. But I, um, when I got a car, I was like, oh, I can just do it now. So I went and did my first class and I really, really enjoyed it. And then 
as soon as I got a membership, I was training like Monday, sorry, Monday, sorry, morning, noon and night. And I was like, there was um, the, the first year that the gym was open. Gab got the award for the most training sessions in one day where <laughs> she trained at 6 a.m. lunchtime and two of the afternoon classes. Oh. I'm pretty sure you trained like every available yeah. class in that day you trained. And that yeah, was quite funny. I had no life, basically. If you um Nick, if you want to go on my you YouTube channel, no no no, yeah no, no we got it we got it we got it, um yeah search more you and then Gabrielle and it should come up. Oh, There's no. a video that I made. That's crazy. That long ago when the gym was like a third of the physical size that it is now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you would have been 18 years and six yeah. months old or something. I was. Like that. I actually reckon I was 17. Damn. Oh no, 18, 18, 18. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Yeah. Four years ago. Yeah. yeah. Probably, yeah. Gross. Yeah, I had to do it to him. <laughs> My hair's so short. Yeah. I think, <laughs> what was what was the context on that? What? Um, Kieran and I really liked this, like, different It was food, cereals. wasn't it? Yeah, it was food. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, wow. yeah you can see, like, the, the baby fat on my cheeks. I was training with um, Sean's now wife. And they went even together back then in this video. So crazy. Yeah, wow. Look at them. That's my head coach, Kieran. There. And that's my wife, Ash. <laughs> and Ash and Sean weren't dating there. That's crazy. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So, so it was a pretty quick uh, time between when you started and when you started yes. professionally Yeah. Yeah. I think quicker than a lot of people as well because – because you're um, in there four times a day. Yeah. And I so I um yeah, I think I started around February or something. And then I um Kieran, my coach, you know, like kind of convinced me to start training to fight because he he you know, just saw me there every day and I think he saw the potential, but I didn't. I, my confidence was very very low. Um so he convinced me to join the fight team. I think I joined in April and then I ended up having my first fight in September. So yeah. Yeah, that's crazy quick. Yeah. Just cringing at the fucking camera work from me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I got better over the years. No, nah, it looks awesome. It's um I guess it will then your uh your filming career has also uh Yeah, progressed the training yeah, quite has happened in the gym as well. Yeah, we've um done a lot of stuff. There are a lot of opportunities that were um kind of given to me through the gym. Mm. We had uh, a fighter start with us who's quite experienced, Josh Tonner. Yeah. Um, and something happened with his coach at the time, couldn't make a fight. And so Kieran coached him in the lead up to a fight in Kuala Lumpur for one championship, which is the biggest fight promotion by by viewership on the planet. Mm. Yeah, the big com biggest combat sports promotion. Um, and I think on two weeks notice, Kieran was like, do you want to come to Kuala Lumpur with Josh and I and film it? And I was like, yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> was that the, um, where you were, it was like around COVID? So this was no. before COVID. Oh, so we went to, we did, we did Kuala Lumpur. And then I think six or seven months later, we did one in Jakarta. Mm. Uh, and that was just at the start of COVID. And I think it was those, yeah, it was Morimoto and then Andy House. And they're the two fights mm. That I filmed. And um, you went to Japan with Dan. And then, so I flew out of Jakarta to Tokyo with uh, Dan Marshall, one of our other fighters at the gym. So that was all. And those two, the Jakarta and Tokyo, they were both just before COVID. Like that was a February. I remember going into the airports with, um, and they had like thermal cameras checking people's body temperature. 
um, which was like kind of wild because I, I was also sweating because I had my hoodie on just because <laughs> I didn't want to carry it. I was like, oh, I'm fucking warm now. Like hopefully they don't pull me aside and test me. But yeah, that was, and then we came back and I think, yeah, it was only a month or so later that the borders were shut. So that was really quite close. And then the Jakarta fight with Josh Tonner, he knocked out a British Muay Thai legend in quite spectacular fashion. Mm. And that skyrocketed him, that pushed him to the number one contender spot in the division. So he got the world title shot later that year, which was mid-COVID. So we ended up spending, uh, I think we spent six nights in Singapore in October 2020. And I think it was... And then we had to come back to Australia and do two weeks of quarantine. Mm. So all of October 2020, we were basically just... Because in Singapore as well, we were in hotel lockdown in individual rooms at the Shangri-La. It was fancy. My room had a chandelier and I had a massive bath. It was really cool. But I didn't have a window that opened. So Uh that sucked. So I had a big window and looked out and it was really nice. But the... um, And like a king-size bed. Like it was was a pretty good place to be locked down, to be honest. I just would have loved a balcony. And I was actually really dirty because... So we were all in separate rooms um, and then we got taken out of the rooms, I think once a day to go train and then weigh in was a separate thing. And then the event we got, and Josh lost that fight, but he also fought uh, this guy, Sam A. Gayunghedao. And Sam A. has, I think, 425 Muay Thai fights in his career and he's like 36 at like an 85 or 90% win ratio. Like it's completely bonkers. Like just a statistical anomaly. One of the fastest kick, like crazy. And even after um after the fight, Josh was like, and Josh has had what fifty something fights as well. Mm. Like Josh, he's fought a bunch of people, and he was like, I've never been kicked so hard in my entire life. Mm. Yeah, it was damn. And he's like nearly forty. Yeah, I think Sami is like mid thirties or. I think they're. I think. Thirties. Oh, they're the same age. I think they're the same age, or Sami's oh, okay. a little bit older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was quite the experience. It would have been nice to be able to see Singapore a little bit more than just from my, my window. And obviously we didn't come back with the, with the bacon. Um, but yeah, still just quite an amazing experience. And, and all of these, it's just been great. Like having, seeing Moi Yu as a gym grow and we have such high quality fighters um, that fight kind of everywhere now and just being able to kind of like leapfrog my professional filmmaking career off the back of just telling these really mm. intense and authentic, like awesome stories while also being able to just go places and, and kick stuff. It's, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. And it's a part, like they're both passions of yours combined. Yeah. It's, it's like, um, there's that, what is it? There's a Japanese term, Ikigai. And it's like, like when you find purpose in life, it's the cross section of, um, and people use like a funky kind of Venn diagram for it, but it's like, the cross section of like what you enjoy doing, what's valuable for other people. Um, and fuck, there's actually a few other, I'm just going to search it cause I'm going to fuck it up if I don't <laughs> say it properly. Um, uh, yeah, here we go. So what we love, what the world needs, what we can be paid for and what we're good at. And the kind of com- uh, the combination of those is, is this Japanese term Ikigai. So it's like if you can find what that is, then yeah, like that's that's, that's where yeah. that's where you can find purpose in your life. Yeah, um, that was actually funny when we were in Tokyo. When I was in Tokyo with Dan, so I f- I flew in uh, and met him, and we walked. I think we walked for about fifteen kilometers the day before weighing, so we could like finally cut weight, mm. and because it was I think very similar weather 
there then in February as it is now. Like it was, you know, five or six degrees in the day, but it was sunny. And we just kept walking all day so that he could make way because he didn't really sweat that much because yeah. it was too cold. Um, and I, it was actually quite poignant. Like he, he said, he was like, you don't get into Muay Thai to make money. Like you don't fight Muay Thai to make money. Uh, like you do it because you love it. And by extension, I was like, I probably can't really be making Muay Thai videos. Like you can't be expecting to make that much money off of Muay Thai videos if they're like the fighters don't even make that much money. Mm. But it's definitely pushed me in the direction to be like, let's make this video production business viable and then just like leverage that yeah. to put assets into telling these fighters stories and having yeah. these awesome experiences. Yeah. But I think also like the quality, like the standard of quality that we produce as a gym in, you know, in thanks to you has and will hopefully bring the sport up more so that we can get paid more as a collective. Um, I think that's really important um, and something that I think is like definitely paying off and I can see it paying off and I, and hopefully see it continue to pay off, you know. Yeah, I mean I, I've done a bit of filming for some like mixed martial arts promotions mm. as well. And a few of my friends are like really heavy into MMA and they watch the UFC and they watch this and that and da da da. And like even so one championship, they do joint cards where they have MMA fights and Muay Thai fights. And it's night and day. Like if you're actually a combat sports fan and you're not watching Muay Thai, like you don't know what you're doing. Like yeah. boxing's boring by comparison. MMA is boring by comparison. Like Muay Thai is it's amazing. Like it's mm. the most exciting, electrifying, striking combat sports on the planet. And once people like hopefully, yeah, this like Gab with her platform, we're building this YouTube channel. I work with a few Muay Thai gyms and promotions um, on like the East Coast as well. And it's like if we can just get more people doing the sport, get more people watching the sport, that just elevates it and brings it yes. up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And bringing it to those higher platforms like one I think is really important. Well, it's crazy. Like the one championship fights at Lumpini Stadium, which is in Bangkok, and it's like the like home of Muay Thai, essentially. Right? Yeah. Like it's um, their broadcasting partner is now Channel Seven in Australia. Mm. So they had like Friday night. They do Friday night fights at Lumpini Stadium, and they're just massive cards with all these big name Muay Thai fights, and they're super like super exciting. Yeah. And they even actually had the heavyweight MMA world championship on this card on the Friday yeah. just passed. But all the Muay Thai fights were more fun to watch. Yeah. And that's all just being broadcast on bloody 7 Plus mm. on the internet. So you just go yeah. and watch it for free. Yeah. But even platforms like RWS is doing oh, amazing. amazing. Like their quality of content is so good to watch. Like, yeah. And they just flood it. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, it's, re it's really good. I really want to fight on that show one day. Oy, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Let's get you matched on just RWS. Someone my weight. Well, if you keep it up, I'm sure uh, you'll be not far off that. Yes, um, hopefully. Because, yeah, it is entertaining to watch. So we're very keen for some more. Um, you, 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 we've, so t we've talked about the, um, the doco series. Back uh, before that, you famously won t fought two fights in one week. Mm. And uh, tell us about that. Um, that was really cool. It was um, a really good experience. So I, I had a fight in the Sunshine Coast. That was three twos, so three rounds and two-minute two rounds. Sorry, yeah, three rounds and they were two-minute rounds. Um, 
that was a great fight against a good girl from um, a gym in the Gold Coast called Boonchu. Um, that was that was a great fight. Um, I won that one fairly easy as well. And um, I think a couple days before that, one of um, <laughs> a couple days before that, one of the um, promoters that I have fought on their show a few times now called Muay Thai League reached out to us to to kind of um, like fight this girl who um, had one of her opponents pull out. And I think that fight was originally matched maybe for 51 or 52 kilos. But I knew that the girl Danny has fought at like 48 before or like 49 or something before. Um, and I really wanted to fight her and she at the time was like 17 fights and I had only had um, eight, so eight or nine or something like that. So I really wanted the opportunity to fight her, whether it was like at any weight. So um, I told Kieran if, if I go good in this fight, like can I go and fight her a week after? Um, and he was like, okay, yeah, let's see how we go. And then I won, you know, the fight in the Sunshine Coast like very easily um and then a couple of days later I flew back to the Gold Coast and um oh sorry I flew back to Queensland and went to the Gold Coast and then fought Danny over three rounds and that was I would say my first proper pro fight so no el- no elbow pads no headgear um it was three minute rounds um and that fight was a bit heavier than my usual weight. So that fight was matched at 49 kilos. I had fought at 47.6 the the um, the week before or like five days before. And I weighed in at – I literally weighed in at 47.6 and I ate like breakfast that day. And like that's like a big – that's like a – like very unheard of in the combat sports world, if um, yep. to put it in perspective, weighing in like a kilo and a half under, yeah, after eating, yeah, the and morning then, of, yeah. yeah, and then Danny, Danny weighed in, I think, just under forty nine, um, so yeah, it was cool, um, and yeah, and then I ended up fighting Danny and having a, a really good win, and I fought a bit differently for that fight too, like I had to come forward a bit more, which I don't usually do, but it's kind of cool. I got to show off a bit of my boxing that I've been working really hard on in the lead up to that. So it was an amazing experience. And my adrenaline was kind of like gone already because I spent it all for the first fight. So when I went and fought Danny, it was like, there was like no nerves because it felt like I just did it. That's interesting. There was yeah, like, I haven't heard that. yeah, yeah wow. usually when I fight my, um, my mouth can feel get, can you can feel, I can feel my mouth getting really dry and that's just like the adrenaline starting to kick in. And I didn't feel that at all in that second fight. Like it felt like home. It was like that's cool. It was yeah, a really, cool, really cool feeling. Like I just really just felt like I was doing my job, which is, I think, what the sport is. And I think that's, yeah, what I try to remind myself is Muay Thai is as hard as it is, still a sport at the end of the day, and you have a job to do. And like that, that's how it felt. And it was really, really cool. So, yeah, ended up winning that and. Um, yeah, and then I ended up having like five fights in the year that last year. So I ra- racked it up pretty pretty well. I'm on 12 now. So, um, yeah, 12 fights in I think four years, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And so now all, uh, all, all your fights are going to be – have a fight 
a week before as well. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I want to keep saying yes. Well, hopefully in Thailand I can just bang them all out. Hopefully if people will say yes to me and we can find people. Yeah. So is that the the plan kind of like you can you can go over there and you'll station yourself there for a little while, train there, and is that and then line up fights as you go? I think I'll go for a, a couple of weeks. I think I'll go for about three weeks. Um, and we'll just see how we go. I think Kieran, my coach, is kind of trying to line some stuff up prior to us leaving. But I think in Thailand you there's like shows every day. Mm. So you can just like just find someone yeah, and like a, fight. It's a lot of uh, reels you see of like people just jumping in the ring. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's yeah. a lot less of a bit of a big deal. Yeah. Like there's um a lot of Western I mean combat sports culture. You see it with the UFC, you see it it kind of originates in boxing where the boxers would have like one or two fights a year and they just train the rest of the time and mm. they'd have their big, you know, sixteen or twelve week fight camps leading up to that. But like in Muay Thai, and that's how you see these guys like Sam A with like 400 fights in their career. And that's from when they're a kid, right? They just kind of generally keep track of it, but they'll fight every other week. It's like... um, Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like like a rugby league player. Like they'll... It's like a season. They'll play... Like they won't fight every week, but they might fight every other week for like years at a time until either they get to the top of the sport or they're like kind of broken. Yeah. (laughs) But like it is super demanding there, but it's just so much more casual. Um, Yeah. Like and in... Muay Thai as well, like it's it's great to go for the knockout, but a lot of the times, like they'll they'll fight for points and they'll like you your body takes more damage, but your head doesn't take as much. Whereas in like boxing, the whole sport of boxing is just to like punch people in the head, mm-hmm. and you see it in the UFC that everyone's always going for the knockout. Whereas in Thai boxing, like yeah, you're gonna get hit in the head, but the more dominant thing that you can, well, the most dominant thing that you can do without knocking someone out is kicking them really cleanly and really hard to the body or cutting them with with an elbow. Um, and so it's like. Yeah, you get these guys that just rack up fights without getting the head trauma um, because it's just more focused on on hits to the body as opposed to hits to the head. Yeah. Right. I think um, my my coach Kieran puts this really well to me and he, he said this one day and it's kind of stuck to me, is um, fighting in Thailand is a job and it's their life in Thailand, yeah. whereas in, in like Western countries, Muay Thai is a privilege. Yeah. It is a privilege to train. Like you go to the gym, you want to be there. Yeah. Whereas people in Thailand, they, they go to the gym, they, they fight because they're trying to earn money. So it's um, it really puts into it into perspective like how lucky I am I get to do a sport like this because I'm choosing to, not because I have to. Um, and I think that's like a big difference between – um, combat sports like boxing and like MMA because like Muay Thai is founded on like it, it is founded in Thailand but it, it relies and used to rely heavily on gambling and that's why that's why you see a lot of the fighters um, fight more skillfully for a longer period of time because they the first few the first few rounds they usually like um, have to give like the gamblers time to like see who's gonna win. Or like place their bets. Yeah, so they're and then, um, um, then they can like hit each other. A bit then harder. they go a bit harder. Yeah, yeah. like there are, there are fights on YouTube of like some of the greats of our generation fighting when they're like 15, 16, 17 years old, um, and they they only broadcast like the third or fourth and fifth mm. round because the first two rounds they just don't do too much. Yeah, and that's because all the betting is being finalized. Yeah, and it's a bit different now with um, 
like with RWS and, and with and one, like yeah. it, they're three round fights and they fight the whole time because it's more exciting as a, like as a global spectator sport, but like And they're traditionally, trying to abolish the, the yeah. gambling a bit more. Um, yeah, but yeah. That's interesting. So there's like the, the gambling kind of influenced uh, uh, the sport a little bit in the way that, it was uh, structured almost. Yes. Yeah. Highly, yeah. It definitely yeah, yeah, influenced it heaps. Imagine imagine a rugby league team not really playing properly until 20 minutes in because people were still gambling on yeah. it. Yeah. That would be a bit interesting. Yeah. yeah. But I think the difference with like a rugby game is that it has to go till the end. Mm. Whereas in, in when you fight, it's like if someone gets knocked out, it's done. So if you knock someone out before people get to place their bets, then like someone's in trouble. Mm, yeah, and it's not like it's fixing anything because it's just a a pacing, yeah, uh, part of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's a lot of things you don't really know about Muay Thai. Mm. Like you hear the the word, and you don't know what. Like to, to me anyway, you don't know these sort of little details. And another cool thing in the in the series was the was yeah the the headpiece mm. and the the ceremony kind of mm. before the fights yeah, the which he Mong also Kong and the Ramoy yeah. yeah yeah so the the Mong Kong that um y- you see many um Thai fighters wear when they enter the ring is um it's it's the pretty much band. it's yeah <laughs> it's it's blessed by a monk and it's pretty much meant to symbolize like giving you like safety into going to like war. Um, it can mean th- there's a lot of different things things can mean to, to people in the sport, but a lot of it is um, highly influenced by like Buddhism. Um, so even like the ceremony of that you see where you seal the ring, that's pretty much um, performed by the two fighters that are about to fight, and um, they're basically just like sealing and. Um, What's the word for it? They're pretty much trying to like get rid of all like the bad energy and the bad spirits out, out of the yeah, room before like they a, fight. It's like a prayer ritual to yeah. like bring good fortune and, and to yeah, yeah. seal the bad, like yeah. bad spirits out of the ring. Yeah, but this one particularly, so this um, thing that I'm doing, which is called the Waikuramoi. Waik- Ramoy. So this is pretty much like a dance that um, is meant to symbolize like saying thank you to your coaches or anyone that has like helped you. Um, in the lead up to um, the fight or the battle, um, but like crew means like teacher, uh, teacher, yeah. yeah. And why? Why when you like why is like thank bow you. slightly like to people in, yeah. in Thailand like that's the why you're saying thank you. And yeah. so like the why crew is like thank you teacher. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. then Ram Moy. I think uh, I know that part. I think Ram like because Moy means boxing. Yeah. So um, yeah, so that's basically what that is and. And I feel like this part of the sport, unfortunately, has deterred some people from it because fighters do it before they fight and then people don't want to watch the show because, like, half of it's, like, them doing all this, the ceiling This silly and dance, stuff. like, yeah. fuck off, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've spoken, I've had, um, what is it, quite stern conversations with a few of my, like, MMA friends. They're like, oh, I don't watch Muay Thai because that stupid dance they do at the start. I'm like, fuck off. Like, honestly, you're going to, like, I don't know. I, I'm just being opinionated on that one. Like, yeah, think whatever you want to think. But, like. Because they'd rather see 
um, someone get knocked get out in like two seconds. Girl. Like get the fuck out of here. Like take the culture in for what it is, right? Like you, you yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. It's there's a lot of, there is so much culture in Muay Thai that like um, a big difference as well is that um, there is um, Thai music playing um, when you fight as well and it, and it like picks up as the fight yeah. goes on, which is really cool. Yeah. Ah, cool. There's um, um when I was in in Phuket, like we went to one of the stadiums there, and they actually had a band playing it. So we sat right next to the yes. band, and so there's just like four guys, like a couple guys hitting drums, playing flutes and stuff like that. And it kind of like they they play it with the pace of the fight. So mm. as the fight goes on, like the tempo kind of elevates mm. and stuff like that. And it's, it was quite interesting. It's like a score, a film score. Yeah, kind of. Like, yeah. yeah, and and it kind of builds into this crescendo. It's it's really yeah, cool. It's yeah. really cool. It's very um, if you haven't heard it before, it can be very like. It's a very shrill noise. Like the yes, flute is yes, very yes, shrill. Yes, yes, but um, it's it's almost like calming now for me. Yeah. Well, even so, there was a um, there was a kind of mixed combat sport promotion here in Canberra last night, and Max, yep. one of our fighters, went there to watch one of the guys that trains at our gym but fights MMA out of a different gym there. And I remember him, he put up on his Instagram story, like, this is a bit weird without the music. Like, it's a bit of an adjustment because yeah. Max, like, he's had, what, 100 and something he's fights. Had fights. He's had a lot of fights. And he has quite a traditional, like, um, style as well. Like, he's yeah. very authentic with, with his Muay Thai style. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it would be – it is quite a change. So when you go to a go to a show and yeah. it, the music's not playing. Yeah. Yeah. Does yeah. it – uh, as as you're fighting, does it does it have any impact on you? Do you think um, like you you know you feel like oh shit they're you know because the so it's called the um, sarama and um, you'll hear it and the first the first few rounds it'll won't be as fast and then in round three four and five it'll pick up. And and it'll like you can hear it like it can like really pick up and it almost like stirs the crowd on heaps as well. It definitely, from a like filmmaking pers- perspective, there have been a lot of times where like I've been like you know when you're really engrossed in something when you're shooting it like if it is intensive like you have to be a hundred percent focused on what you're doing. And one of the challenging things shooting Muay Thai is like I'll kind of hang myself like into the ring a little bit. So I have to be watching my camera, making sure I'm in focus and well-framed and stuff like that, but also make sure that I'm like aware of where the fighters are in relation to where I am with my camera. Cause the last thing I want to do is have a fighter fall on my camera and my fucking lens cuts their head open or something oh, like gosh. that. That's like a full fear that I have. Oh, wow. So I have to be really on top of, there've been a few times where like a fighter has fallen at me and I've had to like, like pull myself out yeah, of the ring to make sure so I don't true. get hit. It does happen um, quite fast. But yeah, like filming stuff. There was the one that was really intense for me was when Davey, so Gab's boyfriend, David Penimpede, number two in the world at the moment. He's a fucking animal. We love him so much. International champion. International WBC champion. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we love him. He fought a Thai opponent in Sydney and cut him with an elbow in the fourth round. And like having all of that happen, like that, I got got blood in my hair and on my camera from that, (laughs) which was wild. Um, But like... The crowd and the music, like, ele- like uh, I don't know, it stimulates me a lot there. Yes. Yeah, here we it. go. So I'm... Oh, no, it's a different one. Oh, is that Beckham? Yeah, no, it's yeah. a different one. It was further down. Um, Actually, you'll probably see it. If I'll show you. Oh, no. You click on him. <laughs> go to him, not me. Oh, yeah, yeah just press that yeah. and then find him. Uh, oh. David Penipede, that one there. He, yeah. And then if you go up, up a bit. Oh, no. Down, down. Oh, there. 
So that's the elbow. Boom. And so I'm 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 here. And so the cut happens here and then they move across me. And yeah, that was a that's a big cut. And yeah, so that's, that's my <laughs> shot. Yeah. Wow. That's my shot. So beautiful. So sorry, you were saying that you had to dodge that or you do- Yeah, so well the music, like I, I remember feeling like my like I know it's 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 it, it is quite hard to describe, like because there's so much emotion, so much intensity happening there, and also I was very emotionally invested in this fight because I, like I love Davy so much, and having everything happening and the music changing in that fourth round, like it was upbeat and the crowd was going crazy, and to my right, like right in front of where the cut happened, that's where our whole gym was sitting, basically, or everyone that came to the fight, mm. um, and so it was just like just electrifying. Yeah, everything about shooting that was like, yeah, it was crazy. One of those moments that sticks with you. Yeah, and I, I don't think it would, I don't think it would have felt the same without the traditional music yeah. as well. I think that's to, to tie it into yeah. how we started that tangent. Yeah. Like, I think the yeah. music really carries you through, and it really it creates that authenticity of of what Muay Thai is. And um, I remember watching a, a show back. The, oh, what show? I think it was. I'm not going to say it. it was a show <laughs> and they had, they didn't have the right music and like they couldn't find it. I don't know what it was, but it was like, it was like, I think the music had to end up being like a, a remixed version of it. And it was just so hard to like watch because it was just not like right. It's like, like in that uncanny valley. Yeah. It's like, the, it doesn't sound exactly like it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just hard because like the sport is so f- it's founded so much on tradition and culture, and when w- one of those aspects are taken away, it feels it just doesn't feel. Yeah, it's correct. not it's not the same, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, people try and like people will fight Muay Thai, but they won't use their elbows. And it's yeah. like we're not really fighting Muay Thai, then are you? Right? Like, there are so many ways that we try and modify things um, or like change it, but it's like you have to remain authentic to the culture, um, or else you're kind of just doing something differently. Yeah, and it, it feels like kind of a rip-off. Mm. Yeah. I imagine – I'm trying to think. I think that's like a completely unique thing where the the music is so crucial to a sport in that way. Yeah. It's almost like maybe – yeah, I can't yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of something where it would, would be relevant. Okay. Maybe like – Sports betting in Australian sports. <laughs> you can't really see that without yeah. one without the other. No gambling ads in yeah. Australian sport. Well, yeah. It's really interesting actually. I actually haven't thought yeah. about that. Like too. not not during competition. There's not really anything where like music is played and that's like a part of the competition. Yeah. And it's yeah. like the, the whole thing of like art and sport mixing in yes. a way. Like yes. Which yes. is people often, you know, arty farty people disc count sport yes i mean it's it's such beautiful violence and like that's one thing especially being able to shoot muay thai in slow motion because either as a spectator like you you miss things when you watch like when i'm shooting stuff like i miss things and even if i'm ringside i'll still miss stuff because it all happens so quickly and it's not until watching something back like oh fuck that's how that happened Mm. um and yeah there's there's that element of it um but yeah like the yeah, it's, it is just beautiful. Like people need to, like you can't sterilize like all, all of the, I don't know, like beauty, like things that are like really like viscerally, like just beautiful. 
Like they they are quite intense, mm. and I don't I don't think you can separate that that intensity. Yeah, yeah, because it is all just emotion, right? Like the fight, like everything, watching it or yeah. competing, like it's all elevated emotion, and there's beauty in that. Yeah, yeah. I think all of those aspects really set apart what Muay Thai is compared to something like MMA, where you know you find people. I, I'm not discounting MMA fighters. I know it takes a lot to get in there. Um, and I've never grappled in my life. It does look hard. I'm not saying that, you know, but I think there is so much respect like embedded into what Muay Thai is that it's, it's so much more than just like two people in the ring trying to hurt each other. Yeah. Like there's, um, one thing that you'll see in Muay Thai that you won't see in most other sports. Like it'll happen occasionally, but not to the same degree, but like every Muay Thai fight at the end of the fight, the fighters will hug. Um, I mean, it, unless there's some, some, there are certain circumstances where that won't happen. Um, and then the fighters will go to the opposite corner and get a drink from the other corner. Like yeah. That happens so often yeah. where like in MMA in boxing, like there's, I don't know, there, there seems to be way too much like bad blood in fights where it's yeah. like Muay Thai fights, they'll end. And it's like, cool. Like we yeah. just did that together and that's it. Unless, yeah, there, there are obviously people with egos and that, that don't behave in that. But I think the, they're more the anomaly rather than the. Um, yeah. What's the opposite of that? Like, yeah. Because at the, the end exception, of the not the rule. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Because at the end of the day, and I, I think about this a, few, a, a bit as well. If you if you want to be, like, if you want to treat everyone that you're going to fight like they don't belong or like they don't deserve to fight you, then you know, then essentially there's no one for you to fight in the sport. Like, you need to have opponents, and if you're just mm. going to like talk shit about every single one of them then you're not respecting the sport because they are a part of that and they're they're a part of your career yes. as well right yes yeah um and, and it's totally fine like i understand that like um shit talking and and all of that creates hype and it creates like you know you see it a lot in boxing that it creates like the big money fights yeah for sure but i think and i think i've seen it a lot more in boxing now where uh, like for example like davis um Davis. Javante Davis. And Javante, that, yeah. Oh, Davis and Garcia, for yeah. example. Like they were talking shit about each other of like the whole lead up into that and then hugged and stuff and, and you know, like paid a lot of respect to each other after that. And I feel that that happens in probably every single Muay Thai fight that I've seen. And it probably happens like once or twice in the other fights that I've seen in the other sports. Um, and don't get me wrong, like I love boxing. I love watching boxing. But um, – I think because Muay Thai is so like deeply rooted in respect and like culture that it just like carries through to the fighters and it carries through to the gyms and even people who don't want or choose to train to fight like like Shawnee for example um and I think that's like really beautiful and it carries through into the rest of my life which I really appreciate yeah unreal and Sean you mentioned earlier how um the the fighting kind of led to your growth as a filmmaker too. And tell us a bit about how that then led to good creative. Uh, yeah. Good creative. Um, yeah. I mean, I, th I think it's all just, everything's just kind of been happening. So for those that, that don't know, like good creative, 
good creative studios, a business that I started with my girlfriend at the time, now wife. Um, we're also due to have a baby on Friday. I didn't tell you that on the way in. Oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so we, we took an hour of your time. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. So we're um, going to be um, future Muay Thai champion. Potentially. Yeah. It's Go straight to the gym. Good coaches <laughs> around it. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, nah. Congratulations, man. Thank you, bro. Thank it's you. Exciting. Yeah. Um, but we really, we just started that because I was working in hospitality at the time and Ash was working um, in kind of like a small startup situation. And then COVID happened and there was all the work from home and COVID, uh, sorry, uh, hospitality as an industry was just completely fucked. And we both had, so Ash has like web and graphic design experience and then I had photo video. So we were like, why don't we just offer that as a joint service to businesses that need that? Because as a small business owner, you either, you get like there are the big agencies here in Canberra that do those services, but you're up for, you know, five figures plus like easy for, for those types of projects. Or you have to like contract a variety of sole traders and then become a project manager of mm. a website designer and a developer and a photographer and a marketing person and all of that. And so we kind of wanted to just sit in the middle of the like we're not sole traders, like we have a complete package offering, but we're not one of the big agencies. Um, and really like a good creative studio has just, just been the vessel for us to be able to work for ourselves and just to take projects on that we want to take on. Um, but it wasn't really, wasn't necessarily born out of the, the filmmaking career opportunities that came from, um, from Muay Thai. I think it's just kind of, it was just a natural progression and, and a response to the economic climate at the time, I suppose. Um, I think there's there's a direction that we do want to go. And I think further down the line, um, once I've built, like have a more established business and, and have a few more resources to deploy, I, I do want to explore more of like a kind of personal brand with regards to, to filmmaking and, and tying that into Muay Thai. So it's not necessarily like a good creative studio mm. thing because that... Like I would rather have my my personal brand attached to these Muay Thai documentaries than a business, um, mm. but that's something that, like we we kind of tried to do it. I've I've got the business name Uwi, which is I haven't done anything with it yet. Well, I, ha I have an Instagram, and but I just don't post on it at the moment because I'm not shooting enough Muay Thai stuff to kind of put that out. Mm. But yeah, you um when you watch authentic Muay Thai shows, like one crowd reaction that is amazing is just they scream ooh whenever something awesome happens. Mm. So like people will, you know, yell, kick and punch and knee and stuff in Thai. But then like when someone lands a really clean kick or a big dump or something, the crowd just goes ooh wee. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's quite funny when you just have like, you know, 10,000 people just screaming that and there's not really, I mean, I don't know why no one has taken that name yet because there's enough people that do Muay Thai and no one's been like, I need that. And so I was like, yeah, we'll take it. You got the handle. Yeah, yeah so we want to we wanna do something with that in the future. Um, if I can spend more of my time making Muay Thai videos, um, which, you know, hopefully, I mean, we're seemingly on the way to doing that, then, yeah, I think that would be something that, that I would explore as like, you know, more of a, a brand to be able to connect with more fighters and make more videos and do just dedicated Muay Thai stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the only reason I sort of mentioned the Muay Thai development is i think what you do at good creative and with the muay thai stuff is you're creating uh and what the big um production houses that you mentioned that charge heaps for videos um you're kind of creating more a content and that's your f your focus a good creative it's more content uh production that's like not 
um, just a marketing campaign. It's like something that people can actually watch and I think you do a really good job of that and I wonder if that's sort of a realisation that you came up with through doing the the more in-depth doco style stuff. Um, I mean the the doco type stuff, like I've, I've tried to fuse like documentary and vlogs together mm. where like vlogs are a bit too casual whereas like I and and documentaries are, are a bit too rigid. Like the documentaries are quite old school. You script yeah. a lot of things. You're out shot listing. You're doing this, you're doing that. And I kind of wanted to find that hybrid of knowing what I want to get from this, but then also like, like yeah, just bringing more production value to vlogs essentially is, is yeah. where I'm sitting, right? Because I don't have like yeah, that it's, much it's, documentary It's not experience. a vlog. It's more as like a series, like a, yeah. an episode. And exactly. It's kind of like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like really a, cool. a bit more bit more of a vlog, but not quite a documentary type thing. Mm. And so like um, I, I just enjoy making videos like that really. But from from like a video production kind of strategy perspective, a lot of the things that have been working for clients that I work with are like videos that don't feel like ads. Because from a consumer perspective, a lot of people – if they feel like they're being sold to, they're not going to want to engage with the content. They're not going to want to buy a product. So if you can make a video for someone, there we go. If you can make a video for someone that doesn't feel like an ad and if you can do it to a quality and then not actually like don't ask for a sale in the video and people finish watching the video, they're like, fuck, that was mad. I enjoyed watching that. I learned something. That builds your brand better than any sort of scripted ad or marketing video can make. And Absolutely. so, yeah, throwing this in. So this is um, Barbell Foods, local Canberra legends. Um, they make, they use organic beef and from re regenerative farms. So that's also uh, a touch point that's really close to my heart. Um, working with, yeah, I mean, people give meat a bad rap for the environment and that's a whole big bullshit. Um, but that's a different conversation. These are a bunch of guys that make this South African meat snack called Biltong. It's better than jerky. doesn't have preservatives or sugars or anything like that in it. And they're like, yeah, we came up with this idea for this video showing people how they make their product because they've built their business quite well in the last few years since they were. They used to make it themselves and they'd cut it up and they'd lay it out on a table and then they'd like spice it by hand and then hang it up in someone's pantry. This is before they were selling it like commercially. Now they have this big commercial space and we just made this video. I was like... Yeah, it's a good camera success story yeah they're, yeah they're going crazy and so it's got um like they're running it as a pre-roll ad but the so it has one hundred twenty-five thousand views at the moment but the watch time on this video is like average like 70 percent or something like mm. that so like people are watching this video almost all the way through even when it's an ad which is crazy um and that's just like that value forward content like hey this is what we're doing if you vibe with the video and making it in like a kind of light-hearted and fun way if you like what we're doing like buy our product or check it out or something, but not even if you like what I did, not even that because that's asking for the sale. It's just like, hey, this is what we're doing, period. And we did a similar thing at um at Moyu. I made a series of vlogs there with Kieran where we would just sometimes in the lead up to fights with fighters, you know, obviously when we're going overseas and all that type of stuff. But it was just like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what it's like training at Moyu. There was no sales focus. There was nothing like that. It was just like, this is what we're doing. And mm -hmm. I remember speaking to Max, who now coaches at the gym. He was living in Perth and Kieran wanted, uh, Kieran put up an ad in the Muay Thai community for a new coach. Um, and Max kind of took him up on that offer and moved to Canberra from Perth to coach full-time at Muay U. 
And I remember speaking to him about that at the Christmas party after he started at the gym. And he was like, it was the vlog series that kind of convinced me to come to more you because I just saw what it was like and I wanted to be a part of it. Mm. And that's from a video maker perspective, like that's, they're the emotions that you want people to feel when you watch something. Yeah, absolutely. No, amazing stuff. And I'll let you guys go and uh, I'll let you Sean get back uh, to baby watch. I think mm-hmm. she's, I think she's having a nap now, so we can keep going <laughs> if you want. <laughs> I don't mind. Sure. Yeah. Do you do you have anything else you want to talk about? What's uh, what's coming up, um, and what what's uh, what's next? Yeah. Um, at the moment, since I don't have anything like locked in terms of like fight wise, um, we've just been doing some like tutorial stuff and and how tos. So mm. if you are a beginner or if you're like in any point of your Muay Thai career and want to see what it's like for me um definitely come check the youtube out it's just gabrielle de ramos no spaces Mm. so you'll see me um how have you gone uh with that kind of transition into also a content mm. creator and um and yeah that sort of on camera side yeah. of what you do is really cool too. It is. It is really cool. Um, I've actually been speaking to, to Shawnee about it because I've just fi- recently finished uni. So I've pretty much like gotten rid of all of my uni stress and, and time that that took up and just like replaced it with influencer content stuff, mm. um, which is very, very fun. But it's like a whole new like like ball game and, and like I'm learning a lot of things along the way Um and it, it's it's really really fun, but um, I think as a as a full time athlete, I don't think. I mean, as a full time athlete, it can be really difficult too because when you when you're under pressure to to train full time and then work as well. Um, obviously, Muay Thai doesn't pay as much as I I would like, but um, I think that the content creating part of it is like definitely starting to pay off, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to where to see where it um, continues, and hopefully get some really cool content in Thailand. Um, Shawnee's thinking about coming to see. Well, we'll just see, depending yep. if the the baby is. Might have to have a three, three ticket trip. Yeah, over yes. I mean that was that was kind of the intention. Though. Yeah. I, I think it would be funny to send Ash this clip, being like, "Do you want to come to Thailand in September when Gab goes over? It's all day TBC." But <laughs> yeah, um, that would be quite fun. And I'll I'm, take I'm, care of the baby Ash. We'd already we'd already spoken about trying to get back to Thailand before the end of the year, um, yeah. so that could actually like it could work out very well. Where we just do like even if we just spent a week of time, yeah. s- uh, shot a couple of videos together, and then just go somewhere nice and, yeah. and relax for the for the rest of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was always I think that the Gab finishing uni was also part of what got us talking about like taking content creation more seriously because you really just organically grew your Instagram following yeah. to some bonkers numbers and we were like, let's leverage this. I literally this. didn't try to grow my Instagram at all. It just like... Miss 160,000. It just happened. No, 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 yeah. sorry. I'm joking, yeah. I'm joking. Um, it just happened. But yeah, I think I think we're in this transitional period where like my, my skills have de- developed to the point where I'm, I'm very happy with the videos that I make quite often. Um, sometimes I, I hate them, but you still put them out. But... Gab has obviously grown this audience and being and had been given back a lot of time that uni would have taken up. Yeah. And so it was like let's let's leverage the 
gro- the growth that you're seeing and the following that you have on Instagram and then actually rather than being a full-time worker, full-time athlete, like let's make you a you know, part-time content creator mm-hmm. and a full-time athlete because then you can actually... I mean, like, that's the dream. That's essentially what we want to try and get to, right? If we can yeah. monetize the like whether it's through sponsorship or through the content, whatever it is, but if we can just make content and you can fight. Spend some more time training. Exactly. Yeah. Like and then put more energy into that side of it because really like shooting with me, it doesn't really take that much up. It's like every time that we shot, it was like, oh, like what are you doing on Tuesday? Okay. We go for a run and then we hit pads and then we clinch. Cool. I'll film that. And then we just made a video. So it's not like we're doing anything that goes above and beyond like, the only thing was trying to organize today when we filmed mm. the Thai trainers have Sunday off. And so it was like, oh, can we just sweet talk them into like training with us for an hour? Didn't and that much. was fine, right? Like it didn't take much. It's not like the content creation side of it is actually that. Um, it's it's all just things that are happening anyways, right? Like yeah. document, don't I mean, don't I create. train like six days a week. So yeah, it's like plenty sh- of opportunities. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And and I think it's really cool because it, it, it yeah, it's just not seen very much I think there's this this kind of thing where people nowadays don't want to show off what they have in terms of like how they train and stuff they don't want to show off their secrets or anything like that but it's yeah like I'm not really that afraid of that at all I'm like very very happy to show what I can do and like what training is life and it's it's almost like something really cool for me to look back on when I'm old and gray and (laughs) and stuff so love it and and i think uh it is very exciting for like the future of the youtube channel because i think we started with our best foot forward and ending that like kind of little series thing with like essentially on a loss but with fight of the night and a couple good cuts it's like if anyone watches that they go fuck i want i want to follow her like i want to see what happens next because that was so so exciting yeah and yeah people are very there's a lot of ego attached with winning as as you could assume and that's not everything, right? Like I, I would be, yeah, like I've, I've even, I shot, I uh, went to Perth with David a few years ago and he lost a fight against the guy who ended up being like multiple time world champion, mm. George Mann. And that was like filming that fight and seeing like, you know, Davey in tears at the end of the fight. Like that shit's heartbreaking, yeah. but it's like, but it's still the story. And yeah. Davey wouldn't be the fighter he is yes. today without having lost that fight. Um, and yeah, there's just like, so many things people only want to show the good stuff yeah like no like there's so much more to it you can't have all the good stuff without having the bad stuff and if you want to put yourself out there do it as authentically as possible do it all put it all out yeah yeah so yeah it's been really cool we've had a lot of cool feedback i've had a lot of people like reach out to me that i don't know that you know like have you know found me from youtube not even from instagram and they're like you know, telling me that they've just started at this Muay Thai gym because awesome. of it, which That's is awesome. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I think Gab is like, you're, you're really well placed in this like niche where like, yeah, there are, there are Muay Thai fighters, there are Australian Muay Thai fighters, there are people that put content out, but I think like the way that the combination of your personality, the authenticity of your style, um, and then like your, your temperament and the way that we work together when we shoot, like, yeah, there's, there's not really – I haven't seen anywhere else yeah. being able to, like, put something together like that. Yeah. I don't like what we're doing. So it's, like, it's yeah. super exciting. Yeah, I really love it. I think I think what we put 
out online is exactly what we are and who we are like in person like there's literally nothing else that we change when when you film like Shawnee just films and I just pretend that I'm I mean I don't pretend <laughs> I, I'm literally just I just don't even like like I forget he's there sometimes because yeah. it's like or it's like it's we, we're the acting same. the same like either I'm like either I'm filming or I'm training like if I'm at the gym, I'm either filming or training. Yeah. And so the way that people act around me when I film at the gym is exactly the same as yeah. they would have acted yeah, you're not if a I was filming. Yeah. Uh, if I was training, sorry, except I'm not getting punched in the head, which is really nice. <laughs> and Gab has punched me multiple times in the I solar plexus not. and you need me quite a lot and it's quite funny. Um, yeah, it's always good. Yeah, it's cool. I'm re- I'm really happy with the the way the YouTube has turned out, you know. And thanks to Shawnee, every time he sends me a draft, I'm like, I don't know how you do this. It's like <laughs> insane. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to keep it going, and yeah, just needed to get some fights. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure everyone's keen to uh, check it out and follow the what happens next. Yes. But um, yeah, let's uh, let's wrap it up there. Thank you guys so Beautiful. much. For, thanks for having us for coming into the flats. And taking some time uh, in a busy schedule for both of you. Um, But no, thank you very much. And yeah, all the best. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Sick.